I'm John Paul Murphy. And I'm Christian Humes. And you're listening to Watch World. On this episode, Christian and I will be diving into the 1976 movie Future World. Uh, it is directed by Richard T. Heffron. Uh, it is the sequel to what we discussed last episode, which was uh, the original Westworld movie that was written and directed by Michael Crichton. This time around, Michael is gone. <laughs> and with it which... is any semblance of anything yeah. good. <laughs> Boy, for Michael having done his directorial debut on Westworld, he slam dunked it compared to the directing on this movie. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what Richard was thinking, but he. Uh, it, it, this movie reminded me a lot of movies of this time. Um, I, I, I originally thought it was 1978, like kind of right after Star Wars, because I felt like it was trying to copy a lot of elements of things within Star Wars of being like kind of an old future type of look. Yeah, retro futurist. But this was definitely an era of like sci-fi where some people were just like, oh, it's like the dirty future. So let's just film everything in a basement somewhere. Like... <laughs> Like with a bunch of pipes and then yeah. low budget. Like let's just film it in something. Everything's yeah. indoors. Although interestingly, the West World that they showed looked upgraded in this movie. Yeah, like they they clearly had a bigger budget. Right, it didn't it didn't look like the same. Yeah, but also they they didn't really utilize that. They didn't know how to yeah. spend it. <laughs> it was just bad. Okay. No, they didn't. Um, but there were there was definitely a. I, I would say despite it being pretty much a hard it was it, i think it was hard to get through a little bit just because it was like kind of boring uh and not very well acted like twice while watching oh, yeah, it she... <laughs> yeah it i had trouble kind of sitting through it but despite that there was definitely a lot of really good nuggets of yeah. ideas in this well, why don't we do this because that... i don't think we should do a standard breakdown like we did for the westworld movie or for our episodes Let's just run through the story. Let's do a basic story roundup, and then let's talk about the stuff that we actually care to talk about instead of going through the whole movie. Yeah, so basically this this takes place two years after the events of Westworld. Delos has essentially reorganized and uh, done a great PR job of covering up what happened. Um, essentially, I think hundreds of people died in the Westworld incident, and they somehow are able to keep that really kind of like they they basically isolated it to just Westworld and not Roman world or medieval world somehow they were able to just convince the the everyone outside the parks that it was only isolated to a certain section which my guess is something we will see be seeing in the future on our Westworld TV show as well correct I think they're gonna isolate it just to the Westworld park in the show um and then they've also added a new uh two new parks in the, in the meantime, which is Spa World, and which like didn't really, they kind of just casually explain it away. It's like it looks like Roman World, but it's just where you go to become younger. Yeah. <laughs> which I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then uh, Future World, which is essentially uh, Tomorrowland, you know. But instead, I don't know. It it was kind of lame, lame. <laughs> uh, I mean the the rocket launch was cool. Yeah, getting there was, I think, the most interesting part. But then once you get there, you're just like, okay, it's like a just kind of a bad, like, futuristic bar. And then, like, instead of, you know, then they offer things like, oh, ski the Martian slopes and uh, play Rock'em Sock'em Robots. But instead of robots, it's like people yeah. that you control to punch each other and or play like a holographic chess match. <laughs> 
like i don't know it just kind of it wasn't that interesting but um this movie uh starring peter fonda as a journalist i thought uh what'd you think of peter's performance here he was, he was as, totally uh, what's fine his i mean he chuck brown i really just feel like he didn't have the best material to work with which again it's so strange because there are so many good ideas in this this is a movie that has a lot of great ideas with just poor execution all around and it, it really feels like it's the directing where it fell apart that's yeah, I think the Dragon Ball. Also, same year, all the President's Men came out, and I felt this almost had a little bit of that to it as well, like a kind of a post Watergate um, journalist trying to find the truth kind of thing going on uh, between basically Peter Fonda's character and uh, Blythe Danner's character, who plays like the um, she plays basically like kind of a the journalist, uh, yeah, the, like TV journalist. Um, by the way, like yeah. Blythe Danner, uh, fifty-five million oh, yeah. viewers. <laughs> i love it. that's a lot for what 1976 that is a lot but is it is it though because there's like four channels again yeah it's 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 a lot but yeah she kind of maybe had a, a monopoly on the, the market um like danner i don't know do you do you recognize her from other things it's so i don't what is she in because um she looks very familiar but i can't place her on anything so she was the mom in uh, meet the parents plays robert de niro's wife oh okay, she's been in a yeah. bunch of things and like she she's working a lot and still nowadays and she looks like she has not a aged much at all like she aged like really great i would say <laughs> compared to peter fonda at least <laughs> but uh yeah peter fonda you know he's had some rough times uh i uh when when they first uh when he goes to like the i guess the meeting at his like media headquarters I love that table that they go to and it's like, here, let me show you the footage from Westworld. And then they like the thing rises out of the middle. And it's just a bunch of like TV screens. Yeah, it's unreal. <laughs> um, I also really enjoyed the moments where they have like a Houston control room, but it wasn't just for future world launches. It was sort of just the main control center for everything. Yeah, where they control all the all the parks. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the big idea that ends up being in the in the tv show here is that not only did uh hosts or robots were being used for the parks but this one they uh started using hosts for the actual operations behind the scene which is which so this is i think how they got away with people not finding out because if you actually remember when we watched the westworld like movie there were only a handful of people in each park at a time and they were like curating everyone's experience to them yeah so like the hundred people that died, most of them were employees. So, like, as far as anyone knows, a lot of the families might just think all those people are still at the Delos location and not dead. Yeah, or you know, yeah, lots of yeah, so so many things are. Um, and then and then yeah, obviously the main plot that's uncovered in this movie is that Delos is essentially scanning and copying people and then replacing them in real life. And this is really where, I mean, if you had watched Future World, and if you remember, because I had I'd seen a tiny bit of this, but I had read up on it before we watched season two Westworld. And I was like, it seems like this show is actually going to end up copying Future World. Yeah. And they did because they, they had the brain scanners for the people that were visiting it. And what was shocking to me was actually that they, they revealed they're also making biological hosts. They're not just robots these new copies which is basically exactly what they were doing and attempting to do in westworld yes yeah um yeah so i thought that actually that 
when it, when you break it down to the actual ideas of this movie, it's not that it's not a bad idea. It's just again back to like poor execution uh, of said idea, and it's sort of that ends up being lost in this sort of running around as a thriller type of thing. Um, John, what what moments from the movie did you enjoy? Um, I really enjoyed for as, how slow the movie is. I really mm-hmm. actually enjoyed the last like 15 minutes when uh, essentially Chuck and Tracy, Peter and Blythe's character are like facing off against their respected like clones. I thought that was actually kind of an interesting uh, that's almost like the best job of the movie. And I felt like Peter Fonda's like acting cutting between, you know, sort of the real Chuck and the fake Chuck. I thought was actually kind of mm-hmm. good. And then mm-hmm. the same thing with Blythe's character as well, like facing off against her fake version um that was that to me felt the most like the best parts of the movie what about you you know you know what i really liked because i thought it was one of the most interesting parts of the movie and it's also this character is very analogous to i would say two characters in westworld was um the engineer the guy who works down in the underground who had the the robot friend yeah Yeah, harry I really liked his relationship with his android friend that he that wanted to so save. So weird. Help, like, it was like with. I like we're just high, we're just kind of. It was very feeling. Yeah, it was like someone that would be like befriending uh, one of the robots from Pirates of the Caribbean and like taking him to like a back room somewhere and then playing cards with him. <laughs> it, was, it was like it was such a strange kind of a like side quest of the movie, um, especially how like much that character was like at first like seemed really like like I can't really talk to you guys you need to get out of here before they like you know do something to you and then he like he flips on a dime so easily and is like okay fine I'll talk and I'll tell you everything you want to know and I'll take you to my secret hideout and I'll show you to my like android friend it <laughs> doesn't have a face I didn't like decide to like reattach his face <laughs> so it was I just think like it was one of the most um emotional moments of the movie. It was like one of the few character pieces where I was like, okay, this is a cool, interesting character that I actually maybe care about a little simply because he has some like weird level of empathy for these robots. And so far this is the only time we've seen, you know, the version of the androids, the robots where they're not just straight up evil because otherwise they're basically just presented as being bad. Yeah. And even but even like that android who's friends with the the engineer guy it's like because he doesn't talk and he just like has no facial moments i can't it it didn't really help me like empathize with him at all he just kind of felt like oh it seems like harry's just kind of keeping him here against his will (laughs) in a way it's like Mm. it's it's you can compare him to almost c-3po because c-3po doesn't really have any facial expressions um he just kind of moves but at least his, his voice and his candid you know the way he talks allows you to get a sense of the character of who he is but this this guy had nothing yeah. none of that um so how does this end how do you feel like we should obviously just go over the end really quick um <laughs> it was funny in a way how it's like they so chuck and tracy essentially kill their it, it leaves you on a cliffhanger thinking did they are they the ones that died or did they not die um Right, or did the robots yeah. die? And so, <laughs> like, or, and they have this moment with yeah. Doctor Schneider, the sort of super evil man, Delos man. That, Which Doctor Schneider's basically like Robert Ford in a lot he's of like ways. Like a mix of like Robert Ford and like uh, and like Charlotte Hale almost. <laughs> or yeah, and even almost the Man in Black. Like yeah, he's just like a combination um, of like every bad like 
guy in a, uh, yeah. in a sci-fi movie that wants to somehow like take over the world or destroy humanity in some way <laughs> in the pursuit of science. Um, but the fact that he was a robot. Was Dr. Schneider a robot? He yeah. was? Okay, I totally missed that. I don't know. Where, where, when yeah, did yeah. they reveal that? I, maybe everyone, everyone that was running Westworld was a robot. Um, he, he has a conversation with them. Um, or sorry, maybe I'm getting mistaken. Who's the one that reveals to them that like the robots are taking over the world? Is it, is it the engineer that tells them that? I feel... No, it's Dr. It Dr. Schneider. Schneider. Okay. Yeah. Cause he comes and sees them like after they first get attacked and like, he goes to, like try to capture them yeah. again or whatever. And his motivation was crazy because he explained. Do you remember how he explained that he didn't trust humans to not destroy the world? It was basically an environmental piece. Uh, yeah. He was basically saying about how like human like humanity wasn't able to be responsible enough to destroy the world and that he was trying to protect his own people, like his beings. He was worried that they were all gonna get wiped out due to the negligence of humanity like and how they're treating the planet and nuclear weapons and things like that yeah i i I mean it's been a week since i watched the movie but also it kind of that flew over my head so much (laughs) yeah which was interesting because it's a slightly different motivation from dolores where she seems to want to take over whereas this guy is like i'm just trying to guide humanity in a direction that isn't like mutual assured destruction and the destruction of our planet yeah i think that's and, and sort of and his plan or the Delos, the sort of plan that he is initiating is to replace the leaders of the world with robots right. so that they can control humanity. Now, what was curious to me was a lot of the robots still don't seem to be their own people. A lot of them still be seem to be mostly controlled yeah. by a variety of people, except for the clones. The clones seem almost like they're unaware of the fact that they're copies, except for when they're like receiving a order yeah it's it seems like this is which the is new, very bernard right of uh the new models that they're gonna yeah be um going out uh so does that mean it's that co- it's kind of like, bernard, like you know chuck and tracy are like the bad guys of the movie because they're the ones that are essentially will by saving well no because i mean they're trying to save their their species from like basically being controlled but they're part of the same essentially time. the the powerful people that control like that control the world and they represent the interests of that by working for, you know, a giant, you know, media conglomerate that's going to report on what they want to report. So if Dr. Schneider is indeed a robot and he's trying and they and Dallas is trying to basically control the world to save it, are Chuck and Tracy essentially screwing that up for this the for the cause of freedom, but in the sense will ultimately lead to the destruction of humanity because humanity well, cannot I mean, be like, this is the robot's point of view is that humans are going to destroy it. But like, that's not assured. I mean, we're still here today, aren't we? Um, a lot of people at that time were thinking we might not be, you know, during the cold war era. Yeah. And uh, I think that, and then that, that you know, you look at today's news, they might be right. We might not be here much longer, but yeah. um, <laughs> considering yes, what's going on with today's yes. Yeah. The thing is, I guess I mean, it, it gets you down to the art, the main argument and the crux of what is Westworld's story, which is about, you know, determinism and, and free will. Like, it is a show all about is there free will, but uh, the robots want to take free will away. So I think that makes them inherently the bad guy, regardless of whether or not their actions are for the greater good. I think taking away choice is a bad thing. Yeah, I think I think from a, from a humanity standpoint, yes, like taking away choice is fundamentally a bad thing because essentially humanity will be enslaved right to them um i guess the question is is 
was their plan only to essentially take people that have are the most powerful so they can sort of guide it and seems control like that was what it was but who knows you know plans start out one place and they end I'm up just saying i'm starting to see dr schneider's kind of point of view on this thing <laughs> here's so this was an interesting tidbit to me because i was like oh yeah i know michael Crichton had no hand in this because michael Crichton was a uh, as much as i love the guy for jurassic park and even westworld and prey and many other things that he's made towards the end of his life uh he became a not great character because he was very anti-global warming and doesn't believe that humans are responsible for climate change. Yeah. And, okay. and that was like the number one thing that Dr. Schneider had said to them during that scene. Like he was the big, the first major concern he said was about how like they're destroying the planet. <laughs> and I was like, oh, definitely not Michael Crichton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is funny because this also like is a time in which, you know, you had Nixon, then Ford, then Carter. It was a very... Um, let's kind of refocus on the environment a bit you know with yeah Nixon they're like let's start an you know, epa and like let's try to be more and then it's like reagan comes along and it's like fuck all that <laughs> let's, yeah you know and then we're well, kind of back and forth ever since so who needs an epa yeah who needs it um let's talk about what i believe is the worst part of the movie which is okay. uh when blythe danner's character is being i guess copied or something she has a dream sequence in which yul brenner shows up as the gunslinger yeah for no reason at all just i guess a cameo just a cameo and i feel so bad for him for what they made him do in this in this scene like twirling around dancing the part that he shoots like the 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 tech guys was cool but like everything else i'm just like what i'm i bet yul's like what the hell am i doing here in this movie mm-hmm. it was it was if it felt like a music video, like one of those like things that Beyonce puts out um, or something like that. I don't know. It's like, but not good. I don't know. Was- you know, so thinking about the worlds they had, they actually had six, but one was under construction, which we find out was Samurai World. Ah. Uh, because, you know, we saw the Samurais, um, which back then it was Samurai World. Now it's Shogun World, I guess, in the modern version. Um, I guess Spa World is a good similar thing almost like raj world because raj world is much more of like a vacation spot you could go hunting and stuff but otherwise there was that major resort at raj world where you would get like pampered yeah and i think also if you you know thinking of like being a more culturally appropriate um you know company it's like you wouldn't call something samurai world i think that's a little insensitive you would be like oh you're going to a specific era exactly japan Although if you're a culturally appropriate company, you probably wouldn't make the Raj period of uh, British imperialism and colonialism in <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, in it's, it's the most like culturally sensitive insensitivity you can get where it's like you're saying, oh, like we're going back. We're trying to recreate a actual period of history. But yeah, maybe on the fundamental level, it's like maybe it's a bad part of history, especially for the, the you know, country and the nation of India, it's like to be under that, but it's like, it doesn't, you can't deny that it didn't happen. You know, it is interesting that like between Raj world, Shogun world and West world, we don't know about the other three yet on the show, but between the three of them, all of them are around roughly the same, uh, at least Raj world and West world around roughly the same time. Shogun world doesn't really have to be significantly farther back in time either. You know, one thing I thought about with this, as far as what the different worlds would be like, is that it seemed like prior to all the madness going out, it that 
worlds in which were maybe a little more modern in their technology, like say had web like guns, you can control the the system so it's an easier yeah maybe thing where you know and then they said like oh shogun world is a little bit harder because it's you there's no guns or a lack of guns so you have to use swords and bows and arrows and it's a little bit of a it's for the most advanced uh guests that want the hardest challenge which makes me think that maybe like if you get hit with a sword or something that in that world it's like more than just a bruise like it could actually kind of mess you up you know um so maybe that's why like maybe that's the only world that's like that yeah it's possible i think uh I think it's more of just the fact that it's more physical. Like you can just point a gun at someone. Whereas like, I don't think in Shogun world, anyone would actually ever get hit. They would mostly end up just blocking your strikes or only striking at where your sword is going to be. Like the host just wouldn't be able to actually get you, you know? Yeah. But, but it's if, so but much more physically it's, taxing it's to do that. Though. Yeah. Like, it's, well, because it's the so think about it that way. Like every strike they take is going to be at wherever your sword is. So it's like, you're almost constantly on the defense. So it's like, it would just take you so much physical energy to actually take one of those guys down even though they're not going to beat you they won't kill you um it's so much harder than it is to just point and pull a trigger that's true i just think that maybe if if that's the challenge of shogun is maybe like the top tier of places to go to then you wouldn't necessarily have medieval world or roman world per se unless it's like there well roman there are no you go to a world in which there are no weapons yeah, I'm kind of hoping they don't have Roman and medieval world. Although it's possible we never see those other worlds. I, I think we will. I, I hope still we would do. love to see gangster world. So like, that's an interesting one because that's what I was just suggesting before was almost all of these worlds take place like in the 1800s or earlier. Yeah, you know, and they don't have anything too modern. But I think they also like to show places where you can indulge and maybe something a little bit on the wilder side. Yeah, so that's so like you want maybe. Like 19- 20s 1930s new york or chicago type of like sort of metropolis type of world that you can go to and i think that'd be kind of cool and then and then it's like thinking of the music aspect you could there'd be a lot of really cool um sort of covers of modern music in that kind of old 1920s style this made me want future world correct me if i'm wrong did they actually have a rocket take off because it seemed like they really had a rocket take off in future world it's weird because i think they just simulated it but it didn't seem like they did they had that gigantic launch pad and it really like they had the video of it why would they have the video of it for themselves i don't know it's like again it's like they they committed to it and they showed like the zero g part of it and that was which was so awesome yeah but then and then once they get to actual like bit you know basically the the version of sweetwater (laughs) for future world it's just like okay like it's normal gravity yeah you know? so i don't i can't really tell if like they maybe they just gave up on the idea halfway through or maybe they simulate a launch you just come you go up and then you come back down i don't know so based on this john what do you think maybe we might be seeing for season three of westworld i think there I are think, a lot of great insights here yeah well, I did, you're definitely going to get a lot of you know who's human who's not what does it mean kind of you're carrying the same ideas as far as what dolores and what bernard and all these other people believe but i think you're taking it to different settings um obviously we're gonna get a lot of you know what does the real world look like because we really actually don't know what it looks like at the moment you know we only have hints of what it looks like because it's supposed to be it's like 2060 so i think it's probably fine i don't think it's gonna be anything crazy i mean not gonna be anything crazy but who knows maybe by the end by the time that we catch up to uh williams sort of 
timeline when he gets activated as a host. Oh, that might be like 2100. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, I, it's kind of early to think about what exactly we'll be seeing in season well, okay, three. But so I, let me put it this way. Based yeah. on things we saw in the movie, we've seen now them find a way to hand wave this massacre and restart Westworld, which means I think we will see a very similar thing happen. And it's possible that Westworld will and other parks may now start to get run by hosts in a similar manner so that they don't have to worry about the staff as much. I think that's true. I think, but they've already kind of introduced that with a lot of employees or some employees were secretly hosts anyways. So, right. um, But I definitely think we'll see Westworld come back. Yeah. I think somehow they had to keep it, that to be the same because that's the name of the show and you can't have a show mm-hmm. called Westworld and not have the park of Westworld somehow involved in some way. So, <laughs> um, I think maybe also a wild theory is that Dolores is going to realize that in order to have her plan really in order to, for her to like for her to achieve her goal, she's going to need help from human characters. So that's my maybe other type of theory is that some people will be involved in that. Yeah, that's very possible. I think we're not done with the brain scanning of humans. Uh, there's just something about the, the stubbornness of humanity. And the thing that we learned about humans in this season was that they were just predictable. It's all contingent on survival. They'll always make the same decisions. The idea that they would just give up on this project. Yeah, is not that they wouldn't do that. It's, I mean, it's possible, but it would be surprising to me if that were the case. Um, maybe they find a different way to go about it. Um, I believe we're going to see some sort of new leader at Delos, at uh, Westworld. Someone yeah. maybe... Yeah, because everyone will... was killed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess uh, Charlotte's still going to kind of maybe... Or whoever is taking in the yeah. body of Charlotte is going to be involved somehow. But uh, yeah, they're definitely going to introduce like the board of the board or somehow. Or there's going to be some new characters coming out of Delos. Do you think Dolores really wants to destroy humanity or does she want to just destroy Delos? That's what I think. I think she's going to have a change. I think her initial thing was to destroy humanity. And then I think she realizes that like many things or in maybe, life, there's a variety. Do you think there's a part of her that wanted to destroy the arc of humanity that was in the cradle and inside? Yeah, maybe because she also views that the art the forge basically was. Yeah, the forge was, you know, maybe the the not to say cradle but like it was the cradle of like the most powerful people in the world and and so maybe that's what she wanted to destroy when she wanted to destroy humanity what she wanted to destroy that yeah and maybe she also took something a little bit of something from Maeve and like had to kind of take a different approach to this and that like she can also in theory save humanity from itself in some ways the the way I look at it she becomes Dr. Schneider Right, exactly. And that's the way I'm starting to look at this is that she's going to sort of be the new Dr. Schneider. And the reason I think that is, it, with if you look at Dr. Schneider's intentions, his plan was smart. And Dolores's previous plan of just trying to like get in, infiltrate, and destroy humanity is bad because she sort of still needs Delos to stick around because otherwise her kind disappears. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say so. Like, unless you can find a way to maintain your kind without it, which is kind of like... I guess what she was kind of going about in season two anyways was we don't need humanity, but I think that's what she will yeah. come to realize that she does need it. So. It's going to be it's gonna um, be interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, 
But yeah, overall, do you recommend watching Future Worlds? If you are really into Westworld, which you probably are if you listen to the show, I do recommend you watch it simply because almost every major character on Westworld, other than maybe like James Marsden and Maeve, like other than like like one or two of the hosts, because they're very narrative focused hosts, um, I feel like there's insights to where their characters came from. And so much of season two is this storyline. That being said, I wouldn't watch it alone. Uh, <laughs> I would watch this with people that like Westworld because then at least like it's it's just I think it's poorly produced, but it's a bad enough movie that you could laugh at stuff. And then every now and then you'd be like, oh, this is like that thing. Holy crap. This is where that idea comes from. Yeah, I, I would like there'll be moments like that. I would say that, too. It's like, if you're a diehard Westworld fan, I think this is a, like a really good sort of resource to like kind of pull from. And it will help you get through the actual movie. But if you're just maybe a casual fan and you don't really care, then this I would I would kind of stay away from this. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone that isn't a big fan of Westworld or isn't curious about the nature of, uh, you know, the influence of the show. That being yeah. said, John, we have decided to not watch the Beyond Westworld show. I read about it. There is like nothing in there <laughs> worth talking i like read the synopsis for every episode yeah. after i watched this movie because having watched this movie i did not want to watch any more content that came from this creator <laughs> i told you <laughs> but it's worked. just so interesting because there is more like i feel like i'm 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 stretching myself to find interesting things to talk about with this film even though there's actually so much more in it that speaks to the show than the westworld movie did and yet that was so much more fun to discuss because it actually is like a totally fine movie. Yeah. And I, it's, I would say it's Westworld. The movie is kind of like season one, but with some obviously added elements. And then this movie is like season two in ways with obviously in the context of the show, but beyond that, AKA beyond Westworld, I don't know if we need to watch because it is terrible and it's got badly reviewed and it, I don't think it offers much other than just, taking the name Westworld and kind of stretching it out even further. Now, the thing about Beyond Westworld is each episode focuses on a different host. Ah, yeah. And there's six of them. There's six episodes, which is kind of like the six hosts that are now off the island Yeah. for next season. So it is possible that there are things there to gleam. And maybe pre-season three of Westworld, I will watch them. Yeah. But I think we should jump into the next big thing we're doing. Yeah. Um, And that, folks, is... I guess should we should we announce it here? Well, I guess let's uh, give them a primer on this as to why this is what we'll be doing. The concept of this show, if you listen to our premiere episode, was that this is not a Westworld only show. It's a f- ever fluctuating podcast for whatever either TV series or movies or film series we want to discuss. Correct. Uh, it just happened to coincide with the start of season two of Westworld. Um, yep. But yeah, I think we will use this show to explore depending on the time of year and also uh depending what's out there to be exploring certain certain types of movies and or tv shows that people are watching and or talking about or if we have some downtime going back and watching some classic stuff or same stuff that maybe i haven't seen or you haven't seen and right uh kind of re-watching or watching and also possibly netflix we just have to figure out how we're going to do Netflix stuff because of the binge aspect of Netflix. It's like, do we break it into one episode for the whole season, depending on how long the show is? Or do we do 
you know, half the season at a time? Or do we actually do one per episode? Like, it's hard to kind of figure out how to make that work. Correct. So uh, with that being said, uh, we starting, you know, next uh, week or I guess next week, uh, next episode, uh, we will be diving into the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Which I'm so excited for because I believe, John, you've really only seen like one of these movies. I will just say I have neither read the books nor seen the movies. Yeah. And yes, I maybe yeah. have seen the movie, a couple of them back in the day when they were being released. But like I will totally the, out of context. For the purpose of this of this go around, I will claim that I have not really I have not watched any of them. Whereas you, you've both read the books and watched the movies. Yes, which um so I've seen I saw the movies a long time ago, like when they were first out, and then I later read the books, then I rewatched the movies. Uh having read the books after watching the movies is very interesting. And I actually almost in some ways recommend it for people. Like I don't think it's necessarily the preferred way to do it, but for me I enjoyed it simply because the books always contain so much more material. Yeah. So if you really like the movies and then you read the book, it's like there's still so much more new things for you to get out of it versus if you read the books, then watch the movie, you're just always getting a lesser experience. That's true. I think I think that is true from all the time with regards to books and movies. Sometimes it can be a good thing when a movie kind of boils down or like figures out what, you know, what the key points of a, a book is, yes. where sometimes a book can really bury you with just a lot of information. But then some books that can be really great, especially if it's an interesting world. Or, yeah. you know, things that are going on that you really just kind of want to immerse yourself more in. Um, it'll be interesting Which to kind of I think watch Harry Potter this, is. This, as far as what that what what you think when we go back and then what I think as uh, watching as a, let's just say, first time viewer. Yep. And it's possible we'll have some guests on for some of these episodes because we have quite a few people on the Zeitgeist uh, podcasting community here that are very or have been very heavily involved in the Harry Potter fandom. So we'll likely yeah. have some guests who are very excited to come on. A lot of Potterheads or yeah. whatever they call them. John, what, what, what? so <laughs> before next week, we're going to do the sorting hat test. I know what I am. I've actually gone back and forth on which house I am. And some people tell me I'm one and some people tell me the other. Uh, I'll do it again one final time. But I know in my heart of hearts what I am. But we're going to give you the sorting hat test and everything next week. Okay. It's going to uh, be a fun time. Great. Uh, yeah, and uh, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Obviously, you can catch us on many other different Zeitgeist shows, like the Zeitgeist podcast. There's Wishboning. You have Unranked. Lots of other things are being offered on a weekly basis. So check us yep. out. And also, on this show, make sure you uh, rate and uh, maybe comment. And Yeah. You know. And if you like Harry Potter, stay subscribed. If you're not big on Harry Potter, don't forget about us. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us. You know, I'm at Christian, under, Christian underscore Humes. But you could just go to our Zeitheis website because in the fall, we're going to start covering a new television series. We just haven't decided what the new TV series will be while it's on quite yet. But we're going to decide that at sometime during the Harry Potter coverage. Um, and we'll announce that, you know, in the coming weeks. So as we leave uh, Westworld and enter the wizarding world of harry potter i will uh leave us with the parting words of robert ford everything in this world is magic except to the magician <laughs>